You are listening to the Healthcare Analytics Podcast with me, Caleb Loya. Welcome back to our series on data modeling. I have talked about many different kinds of data models, but today I'm going to give you something new and shiny. This one is called K Nearest Neighbors, and it is what I call the birds of a feather algorithm, and we will get into that later. Working with me on this podcast is my teammate Tatsuya Murao. K-Nearest Neighbors is one of the shiny new algorithms that people talk about. And it's shiny and new because it was invented in 1951 by two people, one of which was Evelyn Fix and Joseph Hodges. And so you say, well, 1951 is 70 years ago. That's kind of an old algorithm. That's kind of an old concept. But I will tell you that regression, the regression algorithm, was first... uh, invented and or published by this guy named Carl Goss, which if you know anything about statistics, you have Gaussian distribution, etc. And this was written in 1805. And so 220 years ago, we have linear regression and Gaussian distribution. And so 70 years for K-nearest neighbor is pretty shiny and new for most of us in the mathematics and or data world. And the interesting thing is, is that many basic textbooks in grade school, elementary school, etc., will at least give a notice to linear regression. And so if you have a statistics class in high school, for example, there will always be something about uh, the sum of least squares, about linear regression, about a normal distribution curve. But then these new algorithms that have come out, let's say in the last hundred years, that are being used in computer science, they're not really talked about and really not popularized. And one of the reasons why is because it's really easy to teach linear regression, but K-nearest neighbor is difficult to teach and difficult to implement without computing and or computation. So if you have a traditional classroom where you just have a piece of paper and a calculator, it's very difficult to visualize what K-nearest neighbor is and or understand it because the decisions that people use for K-nearest neighbors are different than what has been used for, let's say, something older like linear regression. But as far as modern statistics, Carl Gauss and Gaussian distribution and linear regressions laid the foundations for more modern problem solving. And I say modern problem solving because that's what K-nearest neighbor is. It is a way to solve more modern problems because you're not giving the algorithm inputs, essentially. All this to say is that it is an unsupervised learning model. And so if you go back to a couple episodes when I'm talking about supervised versus unsupervised learning models, an unsupervised learning model is one in which you give the model data and it has to decipher out what different classifications or what to do with that data. A supervised model, on the other hand, is like a linear regression to where you give it specific fields and you give it specific names and you have an output that can then be interpreted. The K-nearest neighbor algorithm, I call the birds of a feather algorithm because what K-nearest neighbor does is it tries to calculate groups within data um, by how near they are with each other. 
hence the name K nearest neighbors. And so what the algorithm will do is it will take a series of plots that are on an XY axis and group them by how near they are with each other. And so as an example of how this works, suppose you have a group of birds in a field, right? And let's say that you have a series of different birds in the mornings that you see in this specific field. And we're talking about, you know, the field that you have for farmers where there's hay on top of the field and there's some horses there and whatever. And so you may have some bird cows that are sitting on top of the cows that are just just minding their own business uh, on top of those cows. Uh, then you may have some vultures that are sitting on the hay bales looking for things to eat. Then you may have your occasional hawk that is up on some post just overlooking the entire thing. And then you have your eagles that are nested right above in, like, let's say the trees. But how does an algorithm be able to decipher all of these different kinds of birds, right? And so Let's say that you have an algorithm that decides to decipher these birds by type and by size, right? And so you can say, okay, either by color and by size, for example. And so what the algorithm will do is say, well, these bird cows, which are small, are kind of like these finches. And so it will say, well, these are small birds, and it will categorize it together. And it will say, well, you have larger birds, like let's say hawks and eagles. And so those are larger birds. And so what K nearest neighbor does is within a X and Y axis, then it is able to then decipher which groups are more like each other based on the criteria that it has within the data set. And that's why it's an unsupervised model, because all you have to do is just give it data and then it will automatically sort out which groups are more likely to be together based on how near those data points are to each other. And so birds of a feather flock together, you know, so if you have a bunch of data points that are closer together, then most likely those data points have some kind of similarity and it can be classified together. And if you have other groups within that data set that clump together, then that may be another classification. And so within a data set within just an X and Y axis, it may look like a clump of chaotic data, but K nearest neighbor can start to decipher which ones are classes based on how near they are to each other. And so if you just bear with me, I'm going to explain how K nearest neighbors works at a very technical level. But before we get there, I'm going to explain why it is important and how it has been applied in specific problem sets. One of the best ways that k-nearest neighbors can work is when you're trying to classify things that you don't already have a classification for, but you have dimensions that you have within your data set that you want to classify. So as an example, let's say we're looking at a geography by zip code and we're looking at the population within that zip code. Well, what we want to know, let's say, is how they tend to act or let's say if they tend to be more healthy or not within healthcare or their behaviors, right? And so what we can say is, okay, what factors could be applied to uh, somebody's behavior of and or health? So we could say proximity to good food and or availability to healthy food. And so that could be one plot on the map and or one factor on the map. The other factor could be how good of an access do they have to exercise and or the outdoors. 
Another factor could be their income level or status within society. And so there you have three factors, but the beauty of K-Nearest Neighbor is it can plot all three on an X, Y, Z axis. And you could even plot even more and have even more dimensions within K-Nearest Neighbors. But in my opinion, it's easier to understand once you have at least three or two factors that you're looking at or dimensions. I should say dimensions here because what you have to think about is you have to think about plotting these specific data points within specific planes. And so going back to our example, if we're talking about something like population health, then we need to identify the specific dimensions that are the most relevant. And once we understand these dimensions, then we can start to plot it out to see if we have different classifications within K-nearest neighbors. And so it could be something like, well, we know that the food you eat as an indicator of health. We know exercise is an indicator of health. And we know that access to healthcare is an indicator of health. And so if we have these three dimensions, then what we can do is we can give the K-nearest neighbor algorithm a set of data so that it can by itself be able to give classifications based on how near data points are to each other on this XYZ axis. And this can be really interesting because what K-Nearest Neighbors can do is it can give you different groups within the data and or classifications, and then you can start to put a name to it and say, well, why are there individuals who don't have really great access to healthcare, but eat really good food and exercise? And so those people, let's say, are your folks who are really healthy, but don't necessarily have access to healthcare. What should we name this group of people? Then we have, let's say, the average group of people who live in a city who eat the average uh, healthy amount of food, who exercise, let's say, once a week or twice a week on average, and then still have access to good health care. What is this group of data? And we can call them, let's say, the suburbanites, et cetera. And so that's the value of K-Nearest Neighbors, that it can give us ways of classifying data that we can then do more research into. There are many more examples that I can give of K-Nearest Neighbors, but in terms of population health, I hope this helps you understand how K-Nearest Neighbors works to classify them. Now, going into the details of K-Nearest Neighbors, I'm going to first give you some prerequisites about what K-Nearest Neighbor is as an algorithm. First and foremost, it is an unsupervised learning model. What that means is that you can give this model specific data and it can start to work on the data without you giving it any inputs. This is important because unsupervised learning models can help you know what you don't know, or even it can help you understand things that you didn't even know what to ask for before. In our example about population health, it's difficult to know what populations to group together based on the three specific dimensions provided. Secondly, you can use K-Nearest Neighbors for classification and or regression. All that means is that you can classify specific items together and it can say, okay, this group of data is a classification and this group of data is a classification and this group of data is classified in this way. But K-Nearest Neighbors can also give you a regression. All that to say is that it can give you a numerical output of the average uh, within that group. And so instead of naming the group altogether, 
K-nearest neighbors can also give you an average and say, well, this group has an average of this data point here. And so this is where all of the three different dimensions can join and or are combined together to, to create that average. The last thing to keep in mind is because it is an unsupervised learning model, you need to feed it good data. If you don't feed it good data, then you're not going to get good classifications and or a good regression out of that data. And what that means is that you need to give it first a training data set and then a testing data set. And so you need to train the model to make sure that you have good data and you know what you need to get as an output. If you give it good training, then when you test the data on that specific model, then you'll get the same kind of outputs. So you'll get the same kind of classifications and or regressions, and you'll know that you're talking about a good k-nearest neighbor algorithm that is robust and can withstand new inputs for the data. And so talking about population health, if you are, let's say, testing out the data within the Midwest, it needs to act the same if you're testing out the data in, like, let's say, the East Coast or on the West Coast or somewhere else in the world, right? And so you want to make sure that your data is robust enough so that the model can hold true for many different circumstances. How does k-nearest neighbor work at a technical level? Well, the first step in working through a k-nearest neighbor algorithm is to first load the data. And you will load in either the training data set or the testing data set, depending on where you are in the process. From there, you need to designate how many groups are within your data set, or you need to designate the value for k. K in our example just stands for the count of nearest neighbors. And so how many different groups do you have or how many different kinds of classifications? So if you load the data and then set your K equals to two, that means that a data set can only go into one of two different categories or groups. If you set it equals to three, that means that one data point can be sorted in one of three different ways. After you set k equals to the number of categories or groups you want to be sorted, then what the algorithm will then do is it will then calculate the distance of each data point to each other, and then it will sort out the collection of the data points that are collected, and it will then index out the distances for all the data points. From there, then it will then sort out all the collection of data points in a way that they are most closely approximate based on that sort. After it calculates the distances of each data point to one another and categorizes them by different classifications and or regressions, then it delivers an output. And the output could be one of two things. It could first be the average of those K labels. So it could be the average of the data points by the specific groups. And that would be if it's a regression, then it will give you an output of an average of those data points. If it's a classification system, then it will give you the mode or the values that appear most often. So first you load the data. Then you set K to equal to the number of groups. And then third, the algorithm will then group all the different data points according to how proximate they are to one another. The output will be an average of those K values or of those groups if it's a regression. 
if it is a classification, then it will give you an output of the mode, which is the value that appears most often. As I go through these specific steps in k-nearest neighbor, you may be asking yourself, why do I need to know this? Why should I really care about k-nearest neighbor? The reason why is because k-nearest neighbor is used for a lot of classification uh, models that are in our world today. For example, many k-nearest neighbor algorithms are used for visual understanding or visual interpretation. So if you have a series of objects and you've taken a picture of these series of objects, and let's say you have 5,000 pictures, what k-nearest neighbor can do is it can decipher which objects are most like the other objects. And in this way, companies like Amazon, like Tesla, like Microsoft, use visual learning in order to categorize specific objects in the real world. Now, there are more advanced ways of deciphering objects based on visual learning, but k-nearest neighbors can always be used as a check against other kinds of algorithms to make sure that the classification is going well. Because in reality, you don't have to have a lot of computational power to operate and or run k-nearest neighbors. Because all that it's doing is it's trying to approximate one data point according to all the others. And it's not trying to specifically group every data point. It's just trying to eyeball fundamentally this data point is in this group. This data point is in that group. And so it's an easy and cheap way of categorizing things before doing more advanced things like neural networks, trees, etc. If you want to get into k-nearest neighbor, one of the ways I recommend and one of the ways we do at Arcos Analytics is through using Python as a programming language. And the reason why is because we can use sklearn, which is a library within Python, in order to write out just a k-nearest neighbor algorithm. And it takes about four lines of code in order to do so. We can import the data. I can set k equals to the number of groups I think is there. And then I can get an output and a visual representation based on the data that I input. And so it could be a 10, 15 minute operation of running a k-nearest neighbor algorithm just to see if I'm on the right track. After I'm on the right track, then I can then go further and run other kinds of models to make sure that this one holds true. And or if my categorization can be used in the future. And so I could do something like run a k-nearest neighbor algorithm, see if I have classifications that work, input new data so that I know that my k-nearest neighbor algorithm is robust enough to withstand new data. And then I can say, hey, if I have these categorizations, can I apply these categorizations to other data sets or can I cross-reference it to another data model altogether? If you have any questions or comments on our series about data modeling, feel free to reach out to us at podcast at arcosanalytics.com. Likewise, you can also find us on LinkedIn and Twitter if you prefer those modes of communication. Thanks for listening, and I will talk to you later.